Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Sir, I thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given me to be with your body, with your church, with your bride. God, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us where we're at. God, draw us closer by your Holy Spirit. And by the way, through your son Jesus, who made a way where there was no way for us to have an intimate relationship with you, to hear you speak to us right where we're at so that we can fulfill where we're supposed to be in glorifying you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the last time that I spoke with you guys, I was sharing a little bit about how we were trying to find a place to live. We finally found a place to live. Yes, praise God. We're not living out of our car. Yes. <laughs> One of the people that I work with, they were actually joking around with me. It's a good thing, Desiree, you got to you know, change a vehicle because my last vehicle's transmission went out. And so we got a little bit bigger vehicle this time so I can tote around all these children. <laughs> you know, we're in middle school now. So everything's very social, and you've got to bring this friend and that friend to wherever you're going. And so needless to say, one of my coworkers was joking about how, well, at least if you have to live in your car, you have more space now. And I said, yeah, that's a great thing, isn't it? So, but now we're kind of in that stage of we've moved everything into the garage, and we are just completely consumed by boxes. And it's not always a fun thing, you know. It's, you don't know where to look for certain things. Matter of fact, my husband, the reason why he's not with me today is he had drill, and he just transitioned to a new drill location, so he wasn't sure what week he was going to end up on. He found out this week was the week that he was ending up in a new location called Butner, and so that's where he is this weekend. And it was so funny because when we first moved into the house last week, I was trying to encourage everybody, you know, you probably want to locate where your specific items are in certain boxes. Because sometimes we get really general about how we label boxes. We'll just put names on it. We don't necessarily say what's inside the box. And so then when you go to look for that certain item, you have to go through like 20 boxes. And so needless to say, that's what happened this week when my husband was like, wow, um, do you know where my hat is (laughs) for drill? And I had no idea. And, of course, many of the boxes were labeled just with his name on it. So we came out on Saturday morning, and we could tell he had been present in the midst of boxes because everything was torn apart because he's trying to find his proper drill uniform. So that's just the fun part of living out of boxes. And it's funny how sometimes God speaks to us in the midst of our clutter of our lives, isn't it? When we allow things to build up, that it's hard to hear his voice. And literally, we have to start to move things out of the way. Things that are beneficial to us, things that have great importance to us, but sometimes keep us from hearing his voice. And so today, my hope is to talk about how can we tune in a little bit better? How can we hear his voice even more than we have in the past? No matter if we've been just starting on this journey and walking close with God, or whether we've been doing it for years. That's the one thing I love about in the Old Testament, in the picture of the temple. You have your holy of holies, you have your inner court, and you have your outer court. But the beautiful thing is, is Jesus made a way for all of us to be in the holy of holies at all times. But the thing is, is a lot of times we get so wrapped up with what we're doing or the comfortable things in our life that we don't press in. Because he's just always present to us. He's always available to us. 
But if you look at the Holy of Holies and you look at the inner court and you look at the outer court, there's requirements from moving from one place to the next, isn't there? There's certain practices that have to be done and dealt with differently to have a new experience. And so I want to challenge all of us this morning, what is God asking of you? What is God asking even of me to tune in a little bit better? To hear how he's speaking to us in a new way. And so today we're actually going to be turning to John 10. And this is a very familiar scripture to all of us where it talks about how the shepherd and the sheep know their shepherd's voice. It's really pretty easy in this part of the scripture that if we belong to him, we should hear him. But sometimes I think of it this way. When my children are in the house, and there's a game that we like to play. We like to build forts together. And we'll use stuffed animals, we'll use pillows, we'll use blankets, we'll use you know cushions from the couch. And sometimes when one of us is walking in from work that day, the kids will build this fort in this pile of cushions and blankets and stuffed animals, and it just looks like this mountain. And we'll call out Samuel, Emma, and sometimes they can't hear us. Or sometimes they don't know it's us calling. And sometimes I think that's what happens to us. We get built over with so many things and so many things that are occupying our life that it's hard to hear our shepherd's voice. And he doesn't want us to have that clutter. He wants us to be able to easily tune in to when he's speaking to us. His voice is like a frequency. He has different ways he speaks to us, right? The radio has different frequencies. Matter of fact, when we started moving down here, or driving down here, I'm sorry, we would try to tune into certain radios, and certain radio stations, the frequency was good, and others, it, we weren't picking it up because of where we were at. Do you know that the human voice has the ability of different frequencies? It has the ability to go from 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. And then our ears have the ability to pick up a frequency. I'm sorry, I have that backwards. 20 to 20,000 is our ears, and our voice is 85 to 25,000. So if there's different frequencies and different wavelengths and different ways that people can be heard and we're fashioned after his image, the same thing with him. He speaks to us in different ways. He speaks to us through scripture, through people, through events when they're comfortable, sometimes when they're very painful. So we have to be willing to tune in to when he is speaking to us and how he's speaking to us. Matter of fact, different frequencies have different purposes. Ultrasound has the ability to allow you to see a baby. It even gives you the ability to topple buildings. Where literally, when it's dealing with infrasonic wavelengths, we're talking about it can cause headaches, but it also can predict volcanoes. Like right now what's happening with Hawaii, they use that to predict what's happening with the volcanoes. So God speaks in different ways on purpose. And it's important that we're actually hearing him. And when we're not, we're missing out on what our Father's saying because he's always speaking to us. Always. And so it's important that we know our shepherd's voice. So we're going to read real quick from John 10. 
And we're going to listen to what his word says about the shepherd and the sheep. So John 10, 1 through 5, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hears his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. So tuning into God's voice is really important because A, it proves that you're a child of God. Right there it says his sheep knows his voice, his own sheep. In John 8:47, it says this. It says, "He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God." That's John 8:47. Just two chapters earlier, he was very clear. If you're not of God, you're not going to hear me. You're not going to listen. You're going to, not going to be able to wrestle with the things I'm speaking to you about. Not only tuning into God's voice is important because it also protects us from mistakes. Right? I don't know about you. I make plenty of mistakes on my own. If there's a way to help me curve how many mistakes I make in a day, let me take that out, okay? <laughs> I'm good at making mistakes. I need some help. <laughs> and if his voice is literally going to help me, I mean, that's why Jesus in the morning chose to get away and talk to the Father. He wanted to do only what the Father told him to do. And I'm really awful at doing what I want to do. I mean, come on, let's be honest. How many of you guys like to just go about what you like to do? Right? It's self-pleasing. It feels good. But that's not what God intends for us. He has better things in mind. He has an abundant life in mind. And we have a very limited perspective. So tuning into God's voice literally helps us to keep us from mistakes. And we see this in Job 33, 14 through 18. Job 33, 14 through 18. It says, Indeed, God speaks once, I love this, or twice. How many times does it take for God to speak to you about something? Sometimes it's a lot for me. Yet no one in a dream, a vision of the night, when sound asleep falls on men while they slumber in their beds, Then he opens the ears of men. I love that. I love the fact that God uses rest to speak to me sometimes because I need that. And seals their instruction that he may turn man aside from his conduct. Boom. Right there it is. Listening and tuning into the voice of the Lord keeps us from mistakes. And keep man from pride. Right? Because pride becomes before the fall. Right? And he keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing over into Shiloh. So it's pretty important to know his voice because it not only helps us to know that we're his children, but it keeps us from mistakes. Sounds pretty good. Sounds like something I want to invest in. I want to actually spend some time tuning into him. But not only that, it helps us to have a productive life. Like literally, his word shows us how to have an abundant life. 
It shows us how to conduct our relationships with one another, how to conduct literally our business, right? No matter what it is that we may be doing, God has given us a way to tune in. So tuning into God's voice is something that we need to actually make a priority in our life. We need to position ourselves to listen. It doesn't just come by haphazardly going through life. If you really want to tune in, just like if you're tuning into a radio station, you take some intent in that, right? You have some intent of trying to listen. Is that on or is that off? Is that the right dial? It's the same thing with tuning into God. We have to position ourselves to listen, put us in the right posture to listen to him. We must assume that that type of position is one of being submissive and obedient, right? Speak, Lord, I'm listening. Speak, Lord, I'll obey. Doesn't mean that when he speaks to you, you're like, yep, I'm going to do it, right? Sometimes it takes some wrestling, just like Jacob had to do, right? Sometimes we have to wrestle with a matter when God speaks to us about something, but in order for us to really tune in, the posture of submission, the posture of being obedient is so necessary. Now, he can speak to you at any moment, but if you want to hear him even the better, do you understand what I'm saying? He can speak to you however he wants to, whenever he wants to, but if you want to hear him more regularly is what I'm talking about. You want to hear him more intimately, then put yourself in a posture of willingly submissive to him, obedient to him. Jeremiah 29:13 it says this You will seek me and find me when you search me with all of your heart all of your heart that right there shows you what I'm talking about if you want to hear him very regularly all of your heart needs to be engaged and he says you'll find me I'll show you things that you don't know things that you would love to know Matter of fact, God is not afraid of your question. God is not afraid of your question. He knows all things. You're not going to surprise him. So go ahead, ask him the question that you have, but go in with the intent that he may say something you may not want to hear. And it means that you may have to be obedient. You may have to give up your posture, your agenda, your desire to be able to hear clearly. Matter of fact, I think of the story of Moses. You've heard the story of Moses a lot lately with having Pastor Randy coming up here. But I think there's just some great things to Moses. He spent 40 years, right, in Pharaoh's court with a personality of becoming very influential, right? He had a position. And then he spent 40 years becoming a nobody, dying to himself, out in the desert, literally. And he spent 40 years becoming God's somebody, God's somebody. And so I would like to ask you right now, where are you at in your season? Have you positioned yourself where you're a nobody ready to be God's somebody? He's looking for a people that is willing to die to their own agenda, their own perspective, the way that they've always done things, and become his somebody. But it takes the position of submission and obedience. See, I think this is wonderful. You've heard Pastor Randy refer to what is in your hand when Moses was asked that question, right? So 
I would like to ask you, not an aspect of serving, but what is it is in your hand that God wants you to lay down? Because every time Moses laid down the stick, what happened to it? It came alive. It became a snake. It became God's instrument of his authority. It became God's testament of look at my power, look at who I am. I'm the one true God. So what is it that God has in your hand right now that he's been asking of you to lay down? Asking you to submit it to me. It might be the fact you're a person of influence. It might be your income. It might be where you're investing your time, what you've been covering yourself with. Because when you lay that down, then it comes alive because it becomes God's. And he can do something with something that's dead. I mean, he is the God of the resurrection, right? So when he asks something of you, it's because he wants to do something with you. When he asks something of you, it's because he wants to do something with you. But he's looking for people who will search him, search for him with all of their hearts. So what do you need to lay down to position yourself to hear him? What do you need to lay down to position yourself to hear him? Sometimes it's our thing that occupies our time that's our fun, fun way of just unwinding, right? Sometimes it's the way that we're trying to pursue success. What is it that God is asking of you to lay down so that you can actually position yourself to hear him? For me, a lot of times, is I love giving back to God by working. I love, love serving with all of my time. But sometimes God has to say to me, Desiree, you're too busy. Slow yourself down. Reel it back. Come and sit with me. Matter of fact, recently the Lord has told me just that, is you spend time with me in the morning and at night, and that's wonderful. But you're too busy during the day. You talk to me throughout the day, but the time with me is not very quality-oriented. I need you to stop, put a pause on your job, and seek me. Not seek me for what you're doing in your job, just seek me. And I can honestly say I've come out of that time refreshed. I've come out of that time going, man, God, I have more to give because I was willing to die to what was really important to me, which was worshiping you with everything I was doing when he was asking me to just be, be still. So what is it? that he may ask of you to put down so you can position yourself to tune in. But how about also the details of your life? If you want to hear from God, you need to position yourself to believe that God cares about the details of your life. God is not a far-off God. He really is a very intimate, personal God to the point that he cares about how many hairs on your head. It says in Matthew 10.30, it says, but the very hairs of your head, are all numbered. I mean, realistically, why is that even in Scripture? Why? I mean, that's just a random thing, right? No, it has great significance. Even the hairs on your head, the fabrics of your clothes, the things you're worried about, I have already have concern for you because I know where your heart is. I know what is important to you, but I know what's the most important for you. Most important for you. In Psalm 63, 1, it says, Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you 
in a dry and weary land where there is no water. See, knowing he cares about everything in your life literally will help you to seek him. Because if you know that he cares about every detail in your life, then who are you going to go to about those details? It's going to be him. You're positioning yourself to listen to him about every detail in your life. Not only must you position yourself by submitting and knowing that he cares about the details, but you must also believe that God wants to answer all of your questions, like I said earlier. He wants to answer your questions. I mean, look at how many times in Scripture people ask him questions. He's not scared of your questions. James 1.5, it says, But if you, or if any of you, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I love the fact that God can withstand my questions. Sometimes my husband's like, that's enough, Desiree, please, my head is going to explode. You know, God never runs out of dealing with me. (laughs) He's okay with my questions of why does that work that way or how does that work or just random questions. But if you know that God is wanting to have that type of conversation and wanting you to tune in that type of way, why wouldn't we? A lot of times, just like I said before, we cover ourselves with so many other things that preoccupy us that things get a little bit fuzzy, a little bit cloudy. So tuning into God's voice is demonstrated so many times in scriptures, but I love Habakkuk 2, 1 through 2. It's very simple, and I'm sure you've heard this over and over again. Smaller book in the Bible of the Old Testament, Habakkuk 2, verse 1 through 2. It says this, I will stand on my guard post. Y'all got a guard post. And station myself on the rampart. And I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. And how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. A lot of times when we read this scripture... We think it only has to do with vision. When it actually is teaching us how to listen. He has some five steps that come out of the scripture that are so important. One is, if you want to tune into the voice of God, you actually need to withdraw. So in the first scripture in Habakkuk 2.1, in the first portion of it, it tells us that we have a station it tells us that we have a rampart, a place to stand, a place to be with God. If we withdraw from all of that noise, all of that busyness, that will help us to tune into his voice. The second thing is, is we have to wait. And it says, I will keep watch. When you keep watch, there's some waiting involved. When you're keeping watch for a child approaching, there's some waiting involved. When you are keeping watch for somebody about to graduate high school or college, there's some waiting involved. Uh, When you're keeping watch of when you're about to move, (laughs) there is some waiting involved. When you are waiting on the next promotion at work, there is some waiting involved. So when we go to our place to withdraw, we sometimes have to wait. And great scriptures for you guys to read on your own about this is you need to learn how to calm your body. 
calm your mind. Calm your emotions, too. Sometimes when I get angry about something, it's hard to hear what God's saying to me because I'm just so wrapped up in myself. So I've got to quiet myself down and go, okay, God, you speak. Let me put aside the way I see this because my perspective is limited. So why don't you on your own check out Psalm 46 and Psalm 62.5. Psalm 46 and 62.5. See, it talks about, David was really good about talking about calming your inner self, create space for God's voice to be clear. It's like when you choose to give over your voice, you're now giving the voice to God. When you calm your inner self, you're giving an inner calm to God. When you calm your inner self, you're giving an inner calm to God, allowing Him direct line to you to speak to you exactly how He needs to. So, once again, the first three steps are withdrawing, waiting, and the third one is wait for what does His Word say. His Word. See, what God says in prayer will never contradict His written authority, the Word. Okay, This is all inspired by him. It will never contradict his word. Sometimes I think it's great. A lot of times we want to hear God's voice on something. <laughs> I love this. Like We'll be like, man, God, should I give my 10% today? <laughs> and it's already in his word. <laughs> it's already in his word. A lot of times we wait for a voice when all we really need to do is look for a verse. Sometimes we're so busy asking God to speak when he's like, I've already spoken about that. Does that make sense? I've already spoken about that. So, of course, I'll reiterate it to you. But a lot of times we're like, God, can you speak afresh and anew? And he's like, my word is always new, Desiree. It's in there, honey. Get to dig it. <laughs> so he will never contradict his word. So withdrawal, wait, read his word but write it down. I mean, in that scripture of Habakkuk 2, verse 2, it's talking about record the vision. Record it down. You know, a lot of times when God speaks to us, we don't write it down. We're just like, oh, remember that? No, remember in Deuteronomy 6, he told the Israelites, write it on your doorpost so that you can see my commandments as you go in and as you go out because he told them they were going to forget What makes us think that we're better at that? (laughs) We're not. We're totally not. So write it down. I always try to keep a journal with me when I go somewhere because sometimes he'll speak to me throughout the day and I'll be like, oh, I'll need to write that down. And then I forget when I get to my journal. So I would encourage you to take a journal with you. So when God speaks to you and it's fresh, just write it down. Take a couple of moments. Because what you want to do is when you write it down, you can write down prayers. You can write down things you're asking God Write down things that he's revealed to you because when you write it down, I would encourage you every once in a while to go backwards in your journal. Go backwards in your journal. Even this, I heard this really good um, insight. Label the top of your journal with the theme that God is speaking to you. So, for example, if he's talking to you about forgiveness, and I would put forgiveness at the top because then when I go backwards every once in a while in my journal, I can go, wow. God's been talking to me about this for a couple of months now. He must be really trying to hammer something in there. Or, wow, look, God spoke to me about this before it even happened. He prepared my heart for this moment. 
But see, if you don't write it down, you'll never get to see how he's been moving in your life. And then, realistically, the sadness is, is you won't be able to share the testimony of what God's been speaking to you all along with others. And then last is the review. So, withdraw to hear his voice. Wait. Go to the word. Write it down and review it. Go back into your journal. Go back into, if you're writing it in the word of God, go back. So tuning into God's voice is different, though, than an impression. Some people ask me all the time, well, how do I know that God speaks to me and it's not just like bad pizza, right? Because sometimes bad pizza does happen. So how do I know the difference between an impression and God's voice? Well, let's check out Proverbs 8.16. Because the Bible does tell us that our hearts can fool us. Proverbs 8.16, it says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. The Bible also says that the enemy masquerades like an angel of light. So how do I know that this is just not an impression? In 2 Corinthians 11.14, it says, No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. We have got to be aware of what are impressions versus the voice of God. So I've got a couple of questions, because I'm a question person. (laughs) Not saying that this is the ultimate list, but here are some things that have helped me to discern whether or not it's an impression or if it's the voice of the Lord. One, is it consistent with the Word of God? Is it consistent with the Bible? So if I feel like God's talking to me about something, this is my first tool that I go to. All right, God, what, do you, what, what have you said about this across the ages? Because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, is it consistent with the Bible? Number two, will it make you more like Christ? Oh, that one's not always fun. Um, I had something going on personally in my life lately uh, where I had actually been wronged in a way. And I was a little bit like, man, Lord, I don't want to have to walk through this because the person is not admitting that they've done wrong. And the Bible talks about, you know, when you're talking to a foolish person, you to stop talking because <laughs> it says that they can't hear what you're saying. Um, so I said, Lord, how am I going to go about this? And he's like, well, you're going to show forgiveness. Done that. Check. I've been praying about that. We're good on that. And now you're going to walk through this. I'm like, what? Okay, God, I know you're okay with boundaries. You told the ocean, go this far. Boundaries are okay. And having boundaries doesn't mean that I don't have forgiveness. He said, yeah, but you're going to show them unconditional love. Okay, God. (laughs) And through this, I have come to see that this situation, though very sticky and not, does not feel good. And realistically, the person is not right in what they've done. But I have learned that this situation is going to make me more like Christ. So how can I say no? The whole point is becoming more like Christ, is it not? It's to be Christ-like. And sometimes that's not easy. So does it? Consists with the Bible? Is it constant with it? Will it make you more like Christ? And does my church family confirm it? See, the Bible talks about the wisdom and the number of counsel, wise counsel, okay? Now, when I'm talking about the church, we have people who 
aren't really Christ-like believers, right? Head knowledge believers. It talks about carnal Christians. And then it talks about there are people who are young in their walk who only can have milk and those who have meat. So where do we think that wisdom comes from? From those who have been walking with the Lord a long time, right? So let me tell you, you guys are so blessed in this congregation because I'm coming across churches that all they have is just young members in their congregation. And realistically, there is no one to say, well, I've been walking with the Lord this amount of time, and this is what I've seen him do through his word and through his practices of his word. So... You are blessed, young people. If you do not have a mentor, you do need to look for one. Highly encourage you in that. And elders, thank you so much for speaking up and sharing in love with the people. But realistically, you can confirm it by a group of wise counsel. Okay? Next, is it consistent with how God made me? Right? For example... I probably should never, ever say all of a sudden God has called me to be a baker. Oh, man, you do not want me baking. I have tried. I have tried. I have even had people, like, counsel me on how to do this. I follow instructions. Anytime I put anything in the oven, it is coming out disastrous, okay? So if all of a sudden I'm telling you that the Lord is deciding me for me to leave ministry, whatever that may look like, and I'm just going to stay at my house and bake and own my own bakery, you will know that I am not hearing from the Lord. Okay? So if it's not how God shapes you, don't try to force yourself, if you're star, into a peg hole. It just doesn't work that way. He made you a certain way on purpose for a certain part of the body of Christ. So that's where talking to people who know you really well, who know, yeah, that does sound like God is probably stretching you. Now, I'm not saying that you're always already walking in those gifts, Right? But there should be some identification that those exist in you. (laughs) Next is, is it convicting rather than condemning? If you walk away from that time with the Lord and you feel condemned versus convicted, our Lord is not a condemning God. He convicts you in truth and love. He speaks with truth and grace so that we can be corrected and we can grow up, become more like him. So if you're feeling more weighted down, woe is me, I'm good for nothing, I have no value, that is probably not the Lord. Convicting is very different than condemning. And then last, do you sense a peace? Because our God is a God of peace. Now, I find it very interesting Sometimes people like to convince themselves they have peace and they say, I have peace about it and it's outright against the word of God and you're like, I'm glad you have peace but that's not the peace that God gives. It's very, very different. That's the reason why you have to have the checking off of all these, if that makes sense. If it contradicts the word of God and you have peace about it, that's your flesh talking. (laughs) Please, the word of God is to be your foundation in all things. So, example of broken equipment. I love this. (laughs) A lot of times we think, well, if we just do one or two of these, we're okay, right? Well, if you have something that's broken in your house, if one thing's broken off of it, it's probably not going to complete its full use, right? It's probably not going to function the way that it should. Same thing like with your radios or your headphones. 
if something's broken, and I, I, I get very frustrated nowadays. They've got those earbuds, and if you twist them up too much, the wires, and it starts to make the earbuds crackle, and then eventually you're just like, I can't handle it because I can only hear it halfway. We get rid of it, right? We don't just keep it around if we can't fix it. Well, how come a lot of times we keep certain practices or certain things in our life that we know that God is asking of us when we know what we're hearing from him is very cloudy? It's crackly. It's not fullness of Christ. See, he wants us to grow up in the fullness of him. He wants us to have the ability to turn into him, tune into him with the fullness of understanding. And so sometimes that literally means we have to weed out the things that are kind of cluttering things in our life, cluttering our ability to hear him. See, the beautiful thing about God is that he created an open-door policy for us. He tore that veil, said, if you want to come into my holy holies, come on, bring it on. You want to come up to Mount Sinai? You want to come and have an experience with me? I am open and willing. Matter of fact, it was always his plan, walking with him in the garden, It was always his plan. Even with Moses and the people, he wanted all the people to come up. But then they were fearful. But sometimes we have to trade out things. Sometimes we have to be willing to lay things down, like Moses had to with the rod. He had to lay down something that was dead. And then it came alive. Sometimes God needs us to lay down things. Maybe it's confessing, Lord, I've been lazy about pressing in. Maybe I've been too busy to give you some of my time. Maybe it's certain things that we know just aren't right. Outright sin where we're just too occupied with self. But when we do, when we lay those things down, he brings us life abundantly. Good things. Because he's a good shepherd. In John 10, 11, I love this part. He exemplifies it to the T. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He wants you to tune in that much that he gave up his one and only son. He wants you to tune in that much that he took on the appearance, the flesh of man. He wants you to tune in that much that he came and he walked amongst us. He wants us to tune in so much that he would go away and send us the Holy Spirit. He wants you to tune in so much that he ripped the veil. He wants you to tune in so much. He's given you so many promises waiting for you to pursue him earnestly, voraciously, that this is supposed to be our manna. This is supposed to be our bread of life, him. He wants us to tune in. But just like him, he's always the standard setter, isn't he? He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life.
we were made in his image, then that's what we're supposed to do too. If we really want to hear him, if we really want to encounter him, that's what it takes. Tuning in isn't easy, but it's really rewarding. So if you've been asking if he's real, he's showing you how real he is. To the point that he became broken. He assumed all of our sin so we could be set free. That's a huge price to pay just for people who were once counted his enemies, to tune in. He's serious about his commitment to you. He's very serious about you encountering him, not every once in a while, but all the time. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia, at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.